Welcome along to Underbench Staples. My name is Russell. My name is Patrick. And you are welcome to episode two of this podcast, dissecting episode three of MasterChef Down Under from the other side of the world, from where MasterChef Australia originates from, which is Australia. We're in Ireland. Hello. Hello. And of course, this is a post-show reaction show. So we have seen it. So there are going to be spoilers or kind of indications of the things that happened in the episode so if you haven't seen the episode yet watch it first watch and it. then then you can tune into yeah. our yes uh, we watch it weeknights at 7 on W the channel that's stupidly named by the UK TV network um, I think it's also on the Now Player or something like that but I'm not actually sure I actually siphon off my dad's Sky Go account Forever grateful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like we don't have Sky, so I just use his Sky Go account, and I use my Xbox to watch it. So that's cool. That's really cool. And this episode was a good one. It was a sort of team challenge, but it wasn't. It was kind of more designations, groups, groups yeah. uh, challenge, all about flavor bombs. Although the first colorful aprons of the season, yeah, the I, first of many. I do love the way it's done <laughs> with a big bag of uh, aprons that go out, and everyone has to pick one out. Um, Jamie Oliver left everyone uh, with a number of flavour bombs according to a colour did 75 minutes is that it right? 75 mm-hmm. but the flavour bomb was only revealed after 15 minutes yes so that was quite an interesting revelation um it was an interesting challenge because it was interesting to see everyone's approach <clears throat> to not knowing where food uh, is going to end up as as the direction of travel goes within each episode or within each challenge I found it really fascinating to see the people who over prepared and then the people who just kind of got things going mm. yeah it was kind of a case of those who got stuck in their ways and had a clear idea of of the specific thing they were planning to make yeah. kind of got tripped up. Those who kept it very vague and just kind of hovered on the staples of I'm going to do a pasta or I'm going to do a bread or I'm going to do an ice cream. Keeping it vague and quite plain yeah. that it could turn sweet or savoury. So let's works. hone in on a few of those. Uh, Brent was one that was very prominent once again in terms of how he prepared he went down two routes he was preparing a sweet I think it was for an ice cream if I remember yes, correctly ice cream. and a pasta uh, on the other side of things so he was kind of prepared for sweet or savoury we'll probably talk about him in a second again um, Melissa it was the first time we kind of got a bit more of a glimpse into Melissa I originally had her written down as girl in orange team <laughs> because I was like what's her name I don't remember and I missed it coming up on screen um, bit of a background about her nutrition kind of background which is quite interesting um, and Theo was the other contestant who kind of prepared he was he's the bread guy now I think that's the designation for him yes he very much prepared bread just in case because no matter what in his mind bread was going to go with anything that he was making so quite interesting he said he was doing a sweet and a savoury didn't he yeah um, maybe mm. yeah mm. if you had you any any kind of gut feeling or indication of is this going to be a sweet or a savoury flavour bomb 
Um, are you asking me or are you asking Kath, who uh, was fully convinced was that the, de- the designation, <laughs> the designation here, is yellow? Mm. So therefore, it's absolutely going to be lemon. <laughs> um, and so was preparing as if there was a lemon under there. I wouldn't call a lemon a flavour bomb myself. No, I really would not. Um, it, it's a very useful ingredient, but probably not one. Um, I didn't really. I kind of thought the colour things. In, when it was revealed half and half were colour relevant and the others weren't mm. really um, as we break them down orange team had red miso uh, blue team had pesto I was going to say blue pesto I was like what the hell is blue Ooh, pesto ew. that's disgusting uh, or delicious possible anything blue that's blue pesto? in food blue feels a bit weird blue yeah but like that's pretty much white or like off-white and then has speckles veins vascular um pink had harissa and yellow had dijon mustard so patrick i'm going to spin the wheel okay of those four colors Mm. and the first thing that comes to mind that you would make okay is what you have to do okay Okay. so uh here's a wheel sound effect we we haven't bought sound effects yet okay You got pink. Harissa, what are you making? So, to me, this is the easiest of the four to work with because it can go anywhere. Okay, spit again. So, I would probably go for some protein and turn it into a marinade. However, that to me feels quite obvious. So, I'm going to say in a stroni soup that has a Harissa underlying depth flavour in it okay I'm terrified of this I'm going to spin the wheel now okay I just want to say hi to my family hope I win big here on The Price is Right okay are you going to do that every time yeah every time go okay. yeah uh, you got pesto oh to me, that's the toughest. That is them. a tough one because I think it lends itself very obviously to pasta and stuff like that. Mm. I would probably go along the bread line of things. Mm. I would probably think of something like a pesto stuffed bread of some sort, like a pesto knot or something, if you know what I mean. Oh, Maybe yeah. Like, Interesting. Uh, kind of, or, sorry, this is MasterChef Australia. Scrolls. They're scrolls, mm-hmm. yes, not knots. Um, so probably do something along those lines if I was able to do that in 60 minutes, which I think I don't think I'd achieve very well. But I'm glad that it, the pesto people actually were quite inventive. Yeah, mm. I think that I thought was, was going to go obvious. But I also think that was the flavor bomb that in the judging was the least featured. Mm. I think that team had the hardest time. I'd mm. probably do a barack or oh, yeah. something of that kind yeah. that you could add in spinach and cheese and pastry, of course, on the mm. on the outside. Mm. So yeah. I'd probably could go that route. I was surprised, <clears throat> um, especially when uh, Brent said that he had been making pasta and then ended up in the pesto team. I was like, mate, <laughs> pesto. I think he pasta. was just like scared that yeah. it was too obvious. That's probably it. And I say his mind is just thinking that way. If it's too obvious, let's not go for it. Um, who else what else was going on Mel- Melissa also kind of was thinking in the same idea of B 
being practical, thinking ahead. Uh, I thought that was really good. Um, there's quite a few contestants who um, MIA throughout the show, as in I didn't see them. I think in a we lot of only. Cases. Or, in the end, we only came down to... There was one person missing. Yeah. So unless the UK TV edit is... And I don't know if it is edited down differently to how it is in Australia. There's swears taken out of it. Um, here and there. There's beeps. Quite audible ones. Um, but... Because it's broadcast before the watershed. But, like, Larissa was, I think, said three words. She introduced her dish. It sounded to me like she shoehorned in her di- her uh, ingredient. Like, it was like, I'm doing all of this and adding a spread of whatever it was. Because I think hers was pesto. Yeah, it was like <clears throat> all of these things and pesto. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, you're really just not, you're not giving it. Not, you gave us nothing, girl. Um, but then the other contestants, we didn't see much of Grace. Uh, we had a, we had a list of missing people, <laughs> and you spotted Grace then towards the end. Yeah. It's Andrea who yeah. was missing in action in every scene. Yeah, you thought he was potentially up on the gantry. Yeah. Then the clips of that, he wasn't there. Uh, Usually, if a contestant isn't there, they will explain it either at the start yeah. or at the end, that like unwell or something like that. Or it's a mis- He he was not in that room no. as far as we're concerned. Yeah. So where was Andrea? Did Jamie Oliver take him back <laughs> to London with him? Like, did he be like, mate? Come on, let's well, go. they could have ha- had an altercation after that ch- challenge because I don't think he was his favourite contestant. Yeah, it's like it's called a follow along challenge, not jump ahead challenge. Yeah. But anyway, hardly anyone yeah. did anything sweet in this. Yes, either. yes, except one, except and we'll one. get to there. And we'll get there. Yeah, um, a few interesting things. A rissole. Is it yeah. a rissole or is it a meatball? They were meatballs. Aren't, aren't, aren't they the same thing? Have you ever had an Irish rissole? No. Did you know an Irish rissole exists? Is a thing? No. I'm surprised. Um, is that a chipper thing? or? Yeah. Never yeah. heard of it in my life. Yeah, I, I was like, rissoles are Irish things. Now, I also was thinking, I was also thinking of, is that not Hazlitt, which is an Irish uh, butcher's, especially around Dublin thing? Isn't it a regional thing? Yes. And which region is it? Is it Cork? Close. Actually, not really close, actually. It's kind of a bit away from Cork. It's Wexford. Yeah, because somebody told us about Rizzles. Yeah. Recently. And yeah, okay, so I have heard of it, Mm. but I... According to the most reliable source in the world, Wikipedia, fried rissoles are common in Ireland, especially in the county of Wexford, where boiled potatoes are mashed, which, funnily enough, is usually the uh, way um, potatoes are mashed in the end. Mixed with herbs and spices, battered or breadcrumbed, and served with chips, chicken, or battered sausages. Hold on, so it's a... Potato pie. Potato pie. Yeah. However, I think I did do a Google image search of them after that person told us, and they don't look like a potato pie. No, they're kind of more loggy, I think. Okay, so there is... Or... Yeah. There is two things... Yeah, this on is an, opposite ends of the world that have yeah. the same name. Um, RTE uh, back in 2011 did an entire documentary on it. <laughs> oh my god, they Her- actually did a full-on documentary on it. Hurry them. up and end this episode because no, yeah, that yeah. Is anyway, our smash next pass. Watch. Thanks for listening. <laughs> bye, bye, bye. Talk to you next week. Bye.
I know. Uh, Wexford Town Chippers are different. They serve a local delicacy called the Wexford Rissole, a combination of a combination of old chips, old cooking oil, herbs, and bread or batter. That is the thrifty deliciousness. We are I going need. to Wexford ASAP. So anyway, Sp- let's go back. Speaking of Ireland, though, yeah. This is the first episode that we got really properly introduced to Phil. Now, we didn't get a video of Phil, but we got introduced to Phil. And he also got roasted, so... Yes, yeah. so Phil's... Int- what was that? Can we... There's kind of a joke around some Irish people's tastes uh, in terms of things like spice in particular. And... This is a joke that, you know, it's like, oh, mayo would be too spicy for them type Mm. of thing. Why do I feel like Phil might be falling into that category? Because he said he doesn't like chilli or heat and he's a bit more of a lemon and herb kind of guy. Obviously, it's not Nando's. a red flag. Mm. I mean, you're not going to Nando's and ordering a lemon and herb. I know. Also, like, is Harissa that... Intense in heat It has that Smoky Tomato-y yeah, yeah It has like A bit of ch- chilli in it But it's not Blow your head off no. The way no. It was coming across um, uh, So he's not Doing the cause Any favours No He's actually Yeah um, Continuing on That Observation, but we'll we'll let him be because he did get, get probably the harshest critique of the season so far. Now that's easy to say because this is episode three, so you know it's easy to go with. Um, start cooking and move away from the meat and veg. But that was also the thing he did in episode one yes, that exactly. I clocked that I was like, oh, mm, that's a bit homely. So he's becoming a bit too. Home cook Yeah And he has to amp it up I Yeah think. Uh, So I'm kind of like interested Because we've seen contestants Kind of in the past Kind of playing it a little bit safe In this first kind of few episodes We haven't even heard the word elimination yet Because that doesn't happen just yet So Waiting to see how it kind of goes I mean There's a Bit of Andy Allen here Because Andy Allen was Nobody yeah. For like half of the season yeah. And then he just he had a couple of the service challenges. Yeah. It was service challenges he killed it in. I'm, didn't they yeah. have one in like the first couple of weeks? And I was like, who's this guy? He had it all clicked mm. on service. And then he just went stellar. Mm. So I have high hopes for Phil mm. that this could be the kick he needed. Yeah. And come on, the Irish type of thing. You know, you know, he could be boiling an egg, and we go, ah, come on. Um, it's nice. It is nice to see, especially considering nineteen uh, percent of uh, people under thirty-five have just moved on over to Australia. Hmm. So it's about time we get a bit of representation over there. Um, he did plate the wrong steak, which was a bit of a, a, a doozy. But um, yeah, yeah. Let's let's hope for better next time. Yeah. Mm. Also, Grace. Great learning there. If you aren't going to serve something, cut it in an awkward angle. Yeah. Just so you know that is not the one I'm going to serve. Or do what I do in the kitchen. Eat it. And eat it while you're (laughs) cooking. (laughs) Like, to be honest. I guess there is also the thing of like having a spare just in case. But that was burnt. 
Yeah. Um, as they're cooking along, um, Brett, Brent, I keep calling him Brett because of Catholic Game. <laughs> If there any Australians who may be listening to this, we are obsessed with Kathleen Kim, and as a result, ninety percent of our references in life are Kathleen Kim ones. So I apologise for that in advance. Even had a Kathleen Kim in the last episode. I know. I know. Talking about Kath, um, Brent, his squid was under, which is a bit of a shame. Mm. Um, he gets another hibachi alert. He was the first hibachi user in this episode. Um, and in the season and in the season <clears throat> so he's on a score of two at the moment on uh, the chart for hibachis um, his plating style nice is, I really like it's nice. giving me it's giving me um, a place that was opened up in Dublin uh, and in Slane last year called Alta beautiful restaurants that very style very rustic but very very trendy and very mm. hipster-ish in a lot of ways but it's very very nice and I like how he does it but yeah cook it cook it please yeah I think that if he had cooked that squid perfectly mm. he'd have been in contention to be the two mm. who eventually get through to the immunity um, challenge before we move on too much uh, Theo's dish and the bread guy the bread guy yeah um I'm really interested to see how he goes. He was the second user of a hibachi, so he's on score of one. Um, I like the sound of that dish, and it was nice to see some bread being cooked on the hibachi. I'm glad he served up a different one, because it was clearly quite burnt. Like It, it was burnt. It was burnt. It was burnt. And, like, I think a couple of them attempted a bread. I think his was probably the most inventive because it's a pita he yeah. how he presented it it kind of encouraged the judges to stuff it yeah. I think that was clever um, that it isn't just like and here is also a flatbread mm. um, but it was the the chicken the, with the red miso that mm. really sold it to me and the pickles skewered really really nice very hostile type of food if you had to do a challenge using the mustard what oh, would you do we're avoiding the mustard now aren't we um, my head goes straight to ham and mustard oh yeah 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 like nice. I don't know whether I would think of um, it's probably a bit obvious but like some sort of pot pie type of thing ooh a nice bechamel, lots of mustard, really, really bring it together. Because I, I love mustard. I love Dijon. Yeah. Excuse me, but I really think it that was a hard one to use, and especially if you're going down the avenue of being sweet, it, it was never going to work. Mm. We'll talk about that. Um, what, what about you? I think I would do something with pork mm. on the hibachi. So I think I would do some kind of like a glaze over the pork as it cooks mm. so like adding the mustard over and yeah. over to kind of keep caramelizing to keep adding the layers and then i would also use probably a whole grain in the plating yeah. or in a salad oh, I like where you're going, or yeah. something else that a big critique I have of this challenge is that yes the judges hadn't told them that they have to hero they just yeah. have to include yeah which and i think is fair you do have to take their lead on the wording because it'll always give you a mm. hint if they say hero they mean it has to be front center. and center if they say it has to be featured it has to be kind of prominent but it it yeah. isn't the main flavor 
the issue I have is that here are these things that are flavor bombs and they're not being spotless enough. They're kind of an afterthought or just an inclusion. Yeah. Whereas if I had that challenge, I'd go, okay, I have to hit it home. Yeah. Yeah, so I think I think I think we've we've always said this when we've talked about this before, uh, talking into a microphone about it, that featured and hero are two very very different things, but it doesn't do too much harm to get it closer to hero without overpowering, um, and I think those who succeeded today were the ones who really did that. Yes. Um, so we're going to talk about Kath now. Can we just talk about her cute little moment? of her self-hug where she just tapped herself and squeezed her shoulder (laughs) all my eyes were like oh my god she's so cute it was so sweet and just that whole thing of just have fun Mm. what a lovely way to think of it that it's just like there's a competition going on there's prizes but you're here just enjoy it and stop thinking lemon is <laughs> the clot and it's also an example of just be kind to yourself yeah, yeah. Uh, I think in in this competition it's probably quite easy to be so self-critical yeah just be kind to yourself yeah. allow yourself yeah. to fail yeah. and fly and especially in this challenge no one's gone home so exactly. you, can, you can fail anything goes um I loved that Jock asked, what if it's not a lemon and it's fish sauce? And the two of us both went, fish sauce caramel, because (laughs) it's a recipe that we've developed over the years. It goes really well with a beetroot tartatan recipe on our website. Mm. And it's it's next level caramel. I mean, there's like three to four ingredients in that entire thing Including and it fish feels sauce. as if there's about 20 yeah it's beautiful yeah um, so that's what I would have I would have just done ice cream with fish sauce caramel yeah. and gone sucker <laughs> you wouldn't have thought I'd make this would you um, but a time time I never say that right time time it's because I'm really conscious of my th is because I'm the h in it is silent I know <laughs> I know it's, I know, it's so annoying it's because it's, I'm I'm relatively a dub and dubs by nature don't really say THs and as a kid I grew up and I was not able to say I was this that these and those and now I'm this that these and those as and a broadcaster I'm, and time <laughs> it's really annoying but a time ice cream with a savoury crumb and mustard caramel a honey mustard honey mustard caramel. caramel even better as in like I think it's a really inspired idea to get the mustard and then go I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of I'm gonna lean on to the classic honey and mustard pairing mm. because that really really works mm. either sweet or savory. The only person who got judged or who is kind of on the tastings who had a sweet. Yes. And yep. for that ding, ding, I'm ding. gonna declare my smash this episode. Oh. From the bottom to the top, now yeah. we hear yeah. is Kath. Yeah. I cannot believe the 180 because yeah. obviously I had her in, in the past, past in the last episode. Yeah. The 180, the way it was plated, yeah. the flavors, yeah. the bravery of I'm going to work with the sweet, knocked it out of the park. Big time, big big time. Who was yours? Um, Oh, that's throwing me now because I also had uh, that as a potential one. I'm actually going to go with Theo's miso glazed mm. chicken and flatbread. Nice. Really, really loved it. Uh, a moment of appreciation 
Firstly, though, um, Rhiannon's flatbreads. She yes. also cooked on the hibachi, so she is at a score of one as well. So that's two to Brent, one to Theo, one to Rhiannon in terms of hibachi uses. Have you ever thought of sports commentating? Since have you met me? I, I, I mean, said, you are keeping tabs of the I goals was, left, right and centre. I was talking to my colleague uh, pa- Pamela today about something about uh, sports and all this type of stuff. And it was all about, uh, I was like, you know, oh yeah, get the ball away. Uh, what was it? You keep the ball in the court or something like that. And she was talking about golf. And I was like, isn't golf the one where you have to get the ball like far away from you mm. or something like that? So no, that's not going to work. Mm. But in this case, that's not. But I really love, although they were great. They were great looking flatbreads. I'd actually argue looked better than Theo's flatbreads. I think visually. they were just two different styles of bread, yeah, though. It's yeah. hard. One was a pit, and one was a flatbread. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Um, but that dish, that was my smash. So yeah, my smash dish is Theo's miso glazed chicken and flatbread, and I would also have a dessert of cats. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. We're gonna Do go past to... dish now. So this is not the dish that we think is rubbish. This is the dish that if it was on the menu, we probably wouldn't order it ourselves or didn't tingle our taste buds in many ways. And I'm going to say it's actually Melissa's. Stop pointing at your phone and come up with a new one. That's who <laughs> I've got first, uh... but really. I've got a star beside Phil. Yeah, yeah. So as do I actually. So I think we're both in agreement. So I'm going to talk about Melissa's one. Um, ravioli, grand. I thought it looked beautifully, beautifully plated, but it just didn't excite me too much. Um, but I guess it is. It is again the case of stick to the brief. Again, going back to heroing, featuring, brief, and There's the clever thing of. Organize around the basics. Yeah. Just start a pasta. Yeah, and a beautiful looking pasta. But it's just a thing I would not order myself. Yeah, I would agree. And uh, you wouldn't go for the old meat and two vegetables now, would you? I wouldn't go for Phil's dish simply because... Wasn't he actually supposed to have two veg? There was only one on it. <laughs> I'm surprised he got anything up oh. on that plate, unfortunately. I just think, like... <sighs> This is the Olympics of Australian cookery, right? You were really trying not to say drag there, weren't you? <laughs> no. <laughs> like, are you really going to just go obvious and cook a steak and mash? But and if you are going to, do the best one ever. But, like, if you cook steaks all the time, why are you putting harissa just onto the surface of it before throwing it on a dry pan? You know that's hot and it's going to burn. Mm. The mash, I thought, was a bit loose as well. The sauce, I thought, was a bit loose. Just, it's a style of things I wouldn't order and also executed. You're not a lover of a steak anyway, aren't you not? Like, you'll eat one when I force you to, but... I just, I think there really is a skill in cooking a steak. It is an absolute skill. It's all about technique. It's all about adding on extra flavors to it. But, like... I think there's other things that are so more technical yeah. that if I'm going out to a restaurant, that's the kind of thing I would order. Okay, okay, yeah. I think we're we're relatively in agreement yeah. there with that, so that's good. Uh, we really need to uh, get some new brains so we don't think exactly yes. the same. Because um, it's, yeah, it's predictable. But also, at the same time, we have very similar tastes, so that's not really And also, on each episode thus far, they haven't given 
equal time to everybody. No, no. So as the cast thins out, it'll be easier to yeah, have absolutely. our individual favourites, I think. Until there's like three people and there's like one dish and another yes. dish and that's it. Um, so as the episode concludes, Kath and Melissa get through uh, on the basis of, well, since it's secret and surprises, we can't make a decision, so you all go through. Uh, which is nice. I think it's good. And uh, then it evens it out. Yes. Mm. So then it's those two plus Antonio and Jessica mm. who are through to the immunity so challenge. So it's two from one challenge and two from another challenge I like going that. into the immunity challenge. I actually think that's fair and I think that's quite nice. It kind of doesn't give any kind of weighting to one challenge more than the other in and, a lot of ways. Uh, and also up the girls. Yeah. On the girls. Up the girls, I think. Uh, um, on the Colleeny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this is what happens when they feature Phil for like 10 seconds I go full on Irish into it um, so really interesting episode next one is going to be the immunity challenge very very excited for that and just noted uh, towards the end in the preview uh, Andrea is on the balcony so, he is there so he is there so he, he, there'll be there'll be questions asked yeah, at the yeah. start of the next episode absolutely questions asked um, so that is the end of episode 3 if you have any thoughts or anything like that do go to our Twitter page uh, at GastroGaze and you can talk to us there um, we, we might, Twitter? we might on Twitter yeah I'm I like actually like no, 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 no. Well. go to Instagram go to Instagram go to Instagram <laughs> no one's going to talk to people on Twitter anymore just going to say terrible things <laughs> um, we also have a sub stack well, you can't say that on Twitter um, or X, um, which is uh, called Chip Paper. And uh, there's a little section there entirely dedicated to this podcast. Uh, and that's kind of where we'll have a little community. If you sign up for free or you can pay if you really enjoy it um, as well, uh, you can sign up there and there'll be a bit of a sectional community. There sure will. Sectional. Very <laughs> sectional. Very sectional wow. community uh, on that. Uh, do rate, subscribe and um, importantly share. And uh, this is just a little bit of fun that we're doing we're during the series Um, so we'll just be putting it out there and if you're enjoying it just share it Um, that's the only thing that we ask because it's uh, just a little bit of fun and hopefully get more of you enjoying MasterChef Australia especially through the medium of underbench staples yes thank you so much for listening to this episode and we'll catch you again next time Bye. bye